This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at Ripley's. They have been our sponsors since before sponsors were sponsoring things. And I say, it's time you believe it. You can head over to Ripley's for their away team special by bringing 10 people for only $100. That's right. You can beam an away team to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California for only $100. And that away team can include 10 people. That means you could have six crewmen, two officers, one Riker, and maybe even a special lady for that Riker. And you could get them all in for only $100. It's the away team special. Simply go to the front desk, tell them you heard about them on Star Trek, the next conversation. Tell them you are here for the away team special and mention Riker's sexy new season two beard. And you can get up to 10 people into the Ripley's Auditorium at Ripley's Hollywood for only $100. Andy, let's do the show. Let's do it. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Get it up. What? Get it up. Andy, we just started. We can't do this oh, now. I'm going to start with that kind of nasty, dirty talk. <laughs> nasty, oh, dirty wake talk. them up. I am cutting you ever saying nasty, dirty at the same time. <laughs> uh, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Andrew Secunda. We are uh, we are here with some time, and it is squared. It sure is. Uh, oh, and that reminds me, this is the first time I've ever remembered to remind you, would you have I, them watch this episode? By the way, I have no idea what he was going to say. Oh, uh, no. No. Don't need it. Oh, passing on Times Square. Don't need it. Passing perhaps... Unnecessary episode. Several times. <laughs> Mathematically. Yeah. Uh, it depends. I mean, maybe if like six hours from now you're faced with some sort of crisis, you uh-huh. could watch the episode. But you don't have to. So you would go back in time... And tell yourself to not watch this if you could. I would say, uh, hey, Matt, listen, you're going to do this Star Trek podcast with Andy. Here's some advice. <laughs> Start at season three. <laughs> I didn't have the foresight, so I, I couldn't well, tell Well, I did. That. That's you on did. me. Yeah. That's on me. All right. Uh, so, everybody, thank you for enjoying last week's uh, slightly shorter episode. Uh, everyone seemed to be okay with that. Still over an hour. Always, always people saying, I'll take it as long as you can give it to us. I, I, what really are you doing, Andy? I what are you doing? Usually I miss my own my own <laughs> accidental sex puns. That one was so obvious that even I didn't miss it. It's an innuendo. <laughs> Is it an innuendo? A sex pun, different. A sex pun would be like... You're right. Uh, it wasn't an yeah. innuendo. Oh, okay. Well, no, because it had two different meanings. Well, that was innuendo. A pun would be a play on words that would be something like uh uh this is why you guys tune in the, there's a <laughs> there's the old joke about the piano the uh 
piano uh, falling down the uh, coal Stairs. mining shaft. <laughs> I've never uh, heard this. Whatever this that's is. That's how you get a flat miner. But that's you see that's a pun. Yeah, that's but a that's punny bullshit. That's a yeah. double meaning, which is a oh, that's you're a saying that's what it. But yeah. I'm saying a pun. Right, but I was talking about a long episode, and then the you're you're, you're talking to someone who only made puns for two years. All right, now, I would tr- I'll trust you on this because I'm terrible at puns. So it's been on record. So yeah. hashtag wars. That's all. That was all puns, my friend. Matt, would you like to hear who are? our high-ranking friends are that have entered the Admirals Club this week? I love to welcome new individuals to this fun little club of ours. Who do we got? Good writers leave a five-star review and join the Admirals Club. Sorry if I blew out your speakers on that one. Um, Matthew, first we hear from C. Pete's, and uh, he writes us chock full of Mordock. If you want a podcast where Wesley Crusher consoles Mordock each week with a little Trek talk sprinkled in, this is the pod for you. Another gentleman we hear from, or, or lady, what is up with me? One of the best by Hoof Hearted Now. Um, and he or she says, uh, this is one of the best Star Trek podcasts out there. It stars Matt Myra, who is redefining the world of podcasting. He hosts several podcasts and gets it done, son. Matt's wit and charm are unmatched as he relentlessly dominates the field. If there was a Mount Rushmore for podcasting, he would be in the George Washington slot. Disagree. He is the best. Andy Secunda is also a person on the podcast. <laughs> Admiral's Club, that here I come. Beautiful. That was beautifully written. <laughs> wonderful. And that was it. Uh, and that's uh, shoot right over to the United Federation of Planets President Circle. Oh, here we are. We have no sound effect or theme for that. If <laughs> it's interesting. President Circle. <laughs> President Circle. President, you just made it. Um, Casey Ransom sent us uh, $3.59 uh, for this Wolf 359 of a podcast. Yeah. What is Wolf three five nine? Is the famous battle where Starfleet lost a lot of ships fighting the Borg? There you go. Uh, Kevin Lamb sent us twenty dollars and seventeen cents. Um, you keep playing. Oops, I did it again. I'll keep sending money, even if you were just playing it to get that money. Congrats <laughs> to Matt on Star Trek Discovery. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, I, there's no there's no uh, pron- phonetic writing of the pronunciation here, but I'll give the best shot. Adrian Van Halem. Sent us five dollars. Oh, it's Adrine. A- a- I made that up. Andy, I'm okay, fucking with right. you. No, I'm so fucking with I, you. I, I know doubt how, myself I know so how, much. I know how you uh, check your mirrors forty five <laughs> times before you go. But <laughs> that's an accurate description to me. <laughs> but that's how you avoid car accidents, Matthew. <laughs> the first piece of legislation I want to propose as I enter my term in the United Federation of Planet Circle uh-huh. is the removal of this day in track. In the oh, podcast that's interesting. And add back in the emails. Oh, I see what you're saying. So add in more emails. Is that what? This no. Well, asking I think for? he's referring to last week when we skipped email. Didn't we skip email last week? I don't week? think we did skip emails. We were thinking about it, but then I threw in a couple of emails. Oh, and didn't I, I got annoyed at you. I don't remember. Oh, anyway, I really enjoy the interaction between you and the fans. I mean me, and I am willing to use every <laughs> bit of power afforded me in this position to get you to change the podcast. Oh, Valer, who's written in before. Well, that's uh, that's, that's weird. What's legislation? With the, I wonder why the name is Adrian Van Halem then. Um, anyway, uh, that was the Admirals Club. And that was the Admirals Club. 
really don't need to say it because I just played the theme. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. All right. Uh, We are now into the hails proper. Um, And, uh, you know, it's all... It's all negative. It's all negative. That's crazy. It's all uh, voicemails this week. If you want to call us, you can call us at 816-TREK-TNC. Leave a voicemail. If you want to uh, write us, you can write us at sttncpod at gmail.com. And, um, and uh, if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at us at Star Trek TNC or our Instagram is also Star Trek TNC. Um, all right, here it is. Sorry. That's okay. Here it is. Don't believe you. Here it is. Yep, he's still trying to kill some time. Should I play the mean one? Yeah, go ahead, play the mean one. Okay, I'm going to play the mean one. I uh, believe based on the uh on the um the number that this is the same gentleman who in the past <laughs> called me a, an a-hole. Well, now and, it's Matt's turn. Let's hear up. it. Yeah, I'm calling you right now from a bicycle through the streets of L.A. I just wanted to ask. I bike to work sometimes. Fucking asshole watches TV while you're supposed to be driving a car. <laughs> you can't do both at the same time. You can only do one or the other. That's very true. Drive that big heavy metal machine or watch Star Trek. You can't do them both. Really Is he calling me. from the bike? Not the most safe thing. Oh, you know what? That's a really good point. He's calling from the bike. You get in a wreck in your own house, you know, looking in the middle of the night trying to get something out of the fridge, which I'm sure you do. (gasps) I don't need a night. When you're out driving your car, (laughs) there's other people out there. I really don't. You should be keeping an eye out for. I do. Particular people on bikes, other people in cars, people walking, other people. Not the crew, the Enterprise that, you know, you've already seen once or twice before. It's true. On your phone. So get your shit together, turn off the fucking TV, and drive your car. <laughs> I think we should come up with a name for hey, this guy at some point. I, listen. He's our troll, clearly. I don't mind him. I hope you have only one side of your headphones in, though, sir. That is illegal in Los Angeles to be bicycling <laughs> with two earbuds in. Just want to say that. I am an avid bicycler. Have a, have a, I actually have um, headphones that work just sit on your temples. Right. So your ears are exposed and it just vibrates on your temples. Ooh, Not the best sound, but uh, I have them. Uh, I have a commuter bike. Uh, I know what you're going through, buddy. Hang in there. <laughs> uh, slow your roll. <laughs> For the record, can't you can't watch television and drive. That's 100% true. And uh, I don't. I listen to television and drive, which is kind of like listening to a podcast. And... Uh, Otherwise, thank you for listening to our podcast. But I hope you're only doing it while commuting on your bicycle with one earphone in. <laughs> Don't forget, one earphone and get off the fucking sidewalk. Battle of the condescending. <laughs> it's legal to be on the sidewalks in Los Angeles, except in West Hollywood. So if you're anywhere near West Hollywood, you got to get off. Sure. And everybody who's driving, you got to give bicycles three feet of space. Also, sir, don't roll through stop signs. <laughs> I don't want to see it. You're obeying the fucking rules of the road because you're using the road. 
This is be amazing. cool, bro. Me and you. One day we're gonna bike past each other. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm beginning to feel like our troll now because I think you and I have had conversations where I'm like, Matt, what are you doing? And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, Hey, I feel really bad about myself. <laughs> but on a positive note, no, Matt, I do. I'm also seriously telling everybody, fucking keep your eyes open for bicycles. They're they're out there and uh give them three feet that's what you're supposed to do give them three fucking feet i bought my so many people don't give me three feet my very first adult uh nice bicycle i'd bought in crappy bicycles at many points along the line but my first nice adult bicycle with matthew myra yeah we went to helen's and cycle uh, over on uh beverly boulevard they're a good group over there i enjoy them if you had i bought uh i've bought two bikes from there they do all my tune-ups when i need them from going on long rides now it has been a while probably i would say about eight months since i've been riding on the reg that was but uh maybe the last time i rode my bike because we bought the bikes i was really excited yeah. i knew i got a good one because matt was jealous of mine hey, I, I was jealous of it i wanted like hey i want the black one i want the batman one uh i i, I for my fellow for who called in there if you're into road bikes i have a focus mm-hmm. uh german company I have a focus uh urban planet uh, great hybrid road bike. Is that what I have? No, you have a. What do you? Have? You have a Cannondale, right? I don't know. I forget. But you have you a very nice. I just bike. he told me which one to get, and I got it. And we had two rides, but they were great. They were great. <laughs> we really should. Both you know, it's funny as I was talking about. Get back I was asking what time we're going to leave work tomorrow because I wanted to ride my bike to work tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but with me having to pack and then go to the airport i just didn't make sense i'd have to ride back here get in my car and then drive again so anyway matt i assure you sir i'm not watching television and driving in the meantime let's keep move on to, to a more podcast. positive voicemail that was fairly positive hey matt and andy uh this is harrison calling in from columbus ohio huge fan of the show you guys do great work uh Thanks just wanted to make a comment about the uh dolphin or Dolphin uh, episode. Yeah. Um, somewhat in the post show, there was a reference made to uh, Michael Dorn uh, and uh, Jordy and some of the other folks, uh, some of the other uh, uh, characters, um, and specifically Michael Dorn and how well he's holding up and it being attributable to his clean diet. Um, I would uh, suggest that uh, with all of the African-American stars, and this is me as an African-American man saying this, uh, black don't crack, fellas, has nothing to do with diet. Um, look at Jordy. Look at, uh, I knew where this was at, going, uh, and I love Walsh, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whoopi. Uh, yeah. Tim Russ. Going look at Tim with, Russ. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Cisco. Avery Bush. Um, sure. These guys hold up. Uh, anyway, keep up the good work, guys. And I was hoping to leave your first racially controversial uh, text message. You really so, stirred uh, the pot there, one. Terrence. Look forward to the next show. All right, guys. Well, you know. <laughs> he really lined up all of his evidence before he, he the dropped words, the hammer. In the words of, of Terrence, black don't crack. And we should have known. We should have been aware of this. <laughs> Samuel um, Jackson is 70, for crying out loud. He's not that old yet, but he's up there. And then I got... Uh, two voicemails from this gentleman okay hey guys it's boyd from houston post harvey doing well i'm here nice. in the kitchen cooking steak with my lovely pregnant wife and i just want to say that life's good and i'm super excited that you guys are doing the casino royale one next week the hotel <laughs> royale one favorite episode love it it's so freaking terrible 
and I'm pretty sure the Texan in it is basically the live-in representation of the Simpsons character Texan, because he's basically the same guy. That's anyway, very interesting. Love the show, guys, and as always, uh, do great. Live, live long and prosper. Bye. So, uh, so we got that. The guy's he's been through Harvey. He's got a pregnant wife. It's all this stuff. I was like, ah, I'm gonna play this guy's this guy's voicemail. Good for him. And and I'm glad he was he was okay going through Harvey. And then <laughs> I realized the uh, the very following week uh, we get a slightly different tone of uh, voicemail from him. And here oh. it is. <laughs> hey guys, just finished the Royale podcast. Oh, Why did Commander Riker say when the train comes in, everybody rides? No idea, guys. Well, I would Commander William Thomas Riker, who is a jazz enthusiast, who spends his time on the holodeck recreating 1940s, 1950s, 1950s <laughs> jazz in places like Kansas City, touche. New Orleans. Total you know, touche. Cool jazz sling, like when the train comes in, everybody rides. Anyway, my two cents on that. Live long and prosper, guys. <laughs> really took the sarcasm up to ten from the the no. first one was no was I, the I, most. That is a one hundred percent touche, my friend. Uh, Whatevs. He's I right. Like, I like genial, genial. Uh, he calls his fucking trombone his bone. Where were we on that? Well, I'll tell you though. Uh, I like genial Houston uh, gentlemen <laughs> more than I like sarcastic Houston gentlemen. I say, but whatever the case. Um, uh, I looked up that phrase. Um, everybody rides the you know um, when the train comes in. Everybody rides. There is no reference to it anywhere except for Star Trek. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. So there is no etymology of that other than it came from somebody who wrote it down on Star Trek. It, it, is it is. Tracy? Is it Tracy Torme's own phrase? Or like, it sounds more like Maurice Hurley to me. <laughs> <laughs> Cuckoo birds. Well, that's my that's my term. Except that, of course, everybody doesn't ride when Maurice Hurley's train comes in. Then it's just Maurice on the train. Um. Anyhow, um, that's all we really had this week. Uh, I mean, there were others, but uh, you know, I'm trying to prune it, prune it through. And there you go. Frequencies closed, sir. All right, Andy. Here we are. We are in 1989. It's the week of April 3rd, 1989. Production number 139. This is Times Squared. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, Eternal Flame was still big in the UK, but uh, American radios were tuned to The Look by Roxette, Matt. Listen to that. Boy, Roxette really... These so people really the just had style down. What is that? It's like a Jackson Telecaster style body. So Salman Rushdie's The Satanic Verses was still a bestseller and Rain Man reclaimed the box office crown after its multi-Oscar win. Nice. Uh... Time Incorporated and Warner Communications announced plans for their corporate merger, eventually becoming Time Warner Incorporated. It's interesting. Captain, oh. incoming message. <laughs> I blew it. Forgot to turn. Okay. And you know what? For that, I get this. <laughs> get another $20 out of that guy. Uh, <laughs> 12 European countries uh, agreed to stop the production of uh, pollutinous CFCs 
um, by the end of the century. I don't think that happened. And Time Magazine's cover was the college trap. Student athletes earn millions for schools, but are they getting an education? Well, no. No. That's it. Wow. Thanks, Andy. You're welcome. Some people hate it. Most people hate it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I tried to play the quick one. <laughs> anyway, we are uh, talking about Times Square, uh, directed by Joseph Scanlon and teleplay by Maurice Hurley. I'm proud of this work. So, hey, while we're at it, sure. while we're playing our themes that irritate people, is this not a bottle episode, Matthew? Boy, oh boy, there are no, there's no uh, sets other than the Enterprise, right? Freestanding yeah. sets, although they did have to build Shuttle Bay 2, right? Um, or was Shuttle Bay 2 existed? I think that already existed. Oh, is that the determination of whether we're calling it a bottle episode? Well, it's my determination, and okay. uh, I'm going to have to say that it is, in fact, a bottle episode. So, and I'll, 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 I'll play the genie in a bottle if I can ever find it quick enough. You know, which we the have answer our... is no. Anyway, here it is. We have our own uh, version of it that the friend, our friend, sent in. But we also have this version. In a bizarre turn of events, Picard is confronted by his own double from six hours in the future. Out of phase and disoriented after being recovered from a shuttlecraft that has recorded the Enterprise's destruction in a vast energy whirlpool. The double, Picard, dazed in a nightmare world, cannot communicate what happened, and the real-time captain begins to fear that the ship will become trapped in a time loop. When the energy whirlpool appears on schedule and the Enterprise cannot escape, Picard almost becomes bogged down with indecision and second guessing. Energy bolts attacking Picard lead Troy to suggest that he it's he the whirlpool wants, but when his double tries to leave the ship, Picard decides his departure again will only perpetuate the cycle. After stopping himself with a phaser stun, he orders a full speed course directly into the vortex. After one moment of self-doubt, the double Picard, his craft, and the whirlpool all vanish, leaving the Enterprise alone and on course, just as before. This episode was originally called Time to the Second, which is, I would describe that as a mediocre title. Time Squared? Better. Does Time Squared make sense, though? No. Unless you're referring to, like, E equals MC squared, it's not, it's only two of Picard. Time, time squared. I don't know. Is that some... I don't know. It just seems like it sounds cool, but it doesn't mean anything. But yeah. I could be wrong. If you're a sciencey person, please, <laughs> or a mathy person. No. I, how could we not figure this out? All right. Figure it out. We're grown-ass men. Yeah, I'm a little bit of adult. When you're squaring something, you're multiplying it by itself. Right. So how would that apply to this? Picard is faced with himself. Oh, you're multiplying it by itself. But wouldn't that be... Time times two? <laughs> no. 
That would be times times something with a numerical value of two. Time, saying, time because it's itself. It, time times time is time squared. Well, I guess the question is why is it why is it one multiplying itself in this? McCarthy's not multiplying himself, but it is two of him. Uh huh. Whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy's not buying it. Anyway, let's talk about this episode. Okay. By starting in Rikers quarters where he's trying to get everyone beamed what are you saying you're asking me for time andy for uh, for the people to skip all the bullshit at the beginning oh 22 minutes bitches well give or take with the ad and everything humming a jazzy tune in case you're wondering how netflix describes this You know, William Riker, a.k.a. Jonathan Frakes, gets a royalty for that. That song? Yes. No. Yeah. How do you know? You have to. That's exactly what I needed. Wow. He hummed a tune. You made up a tune. Might be questionable. Disagree. The good doctor bearing gifts. You're out there and you're entertainment lawyer. Tell us. (laughs) Well, he could certainly. I just don't know if he did. Method for the preparation of sustenance. Oh, you're right, David. The ship's computer would be more efficient, but it wouldn't allow for the subtlety needed for great cooking. It would give you all of the ingredients in predetermined measurements. It wouldn't allow for flair or individuality. And data, as we both know, flair is what marks the difference between artistry and mere competence. For much of the history of mankind, the breaking of bread was a symbol of. Friendship and community, something we've gotten away from in the 24th century. I feel like both, oh, both Pulaski and Riker seem really unpleasant to yes, dine with so far. Your father liked to cook? No, he hated it. That's why he left it chore to me. It is my understanding that in most human families, the woman shares in the cooking. There were only the two of us. I never knew my mother. She died when I was very young. Boy, we're laying a lot of track for an episode that comes next week. Really closing out the possibilities of bringing in the mom character later, too. Where did you get these eggs? On our last stop. At Starbase 73? Yeah. What kind of eggs did you say these were? A wan. For you, Data? It's red. That's how you know it's from the future. Why is Data being given food? Uh, This was a big question I had. And for you, Mr. Worf? He can ingest... Well, then that's why he's been given food. What do you think Data's poop is like? White? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like it goes in. It's a straight hole. I think it comes out as a miniature Data. <laughs> <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Father? Anyway, this is the scene that has nothing to do with anything. Usually when they do these cold opens, it's a thematic situation. Right. Where, you know, we're talking about a flare and sure. a need to improvise. Now, have they done that yet? I guess they have. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the cold opens up to this point are just like, hey, we'll open up with a little cold open. And they nobody connected. Oh, we should have it highlight something. Well, you future. know, sometimes uh, Picard's looking f- to figure out the orbit of that planet. Uh-huh. And then he comes back to that later. Sometimes he's trying to solve a math equation. Yeah, but that's a perfect example. That stuff seemed to tie in in no way to the Except later. Except that he episode. goes back. To other the than end. It, yeah, other than it's a callback at the end. It's completely irritating. Well, there is no callback to the eggs. Um, no, there isn't. And I would say also, and this would have been such a great one for to touch on some Picard thing about 
being confident or you know whatever something that thematically because there's we're really digging in and i don't really feel like we i mean i like that it's subtle later but i don't really feel like there's any big star trek conversation with picard to hear his thoughts about what happened later like it just sort of happens and he acts and then it's over right there's no there's no epilogue yeah um, I mean, I guess Riker comes in at the end, but it's not, I don't know, it just doesn't feel satisfying. Anyway, my main point is, uh, why does Riker such a blowhard about this? About the <laughs> and eggs? And then he's a terrible cook. Well, I mean, a cook is only as good as his ingredients. Yeah, why does he have this big rap? Like, was his father lying to him and saying he was a great cook when he was cooking for his father? Are you saying In that case, I would say his father was a pretty good father. He was very supportive. He doesn't know that his food's terrible? I mean, he's not. He doesn't taste it, does he? He gets called away. No, he doesn't. But he he should know, right? I mean, maybe he's never had O one eggs. Uh huh. These are just bad eggs. Point is, I feel like the way he was preparing Worf it. Worf loves it. Worf does. Now, does it, here's my question: Is that because it tastes like Klingon food? I think so. Right. That's the implication. Uh huh. It's terrible, like Klingon food. Yeah. Thanks, Maurice. Worf will eat it and then he like it it'll be uh, that's I mean, I'm trying to get a little sitcom in there so because that's my next gig what's a shuttlecraft doing out this far where's its mothership sensors indicate there is at least one life form aboard the shuttle sir humanoid side note uh, Picard number one. calls uh, says uh, Rika to the bridge and then he goes up and then Worf is already on the bridge <laughs> It's very weird. <laughs> I didn't notice that because I was just listening That's right. while I was driving. Which is my argument for why you shouldn't be doing that. Unbicicleta. I gotta say, I wish Matt would watch the TV more while he was driving. <laughs> well, you know, by the time I get to work and I can watch a little bit of it there, I'm getting it. You know, all seeing, right, seeing some fun. Open hailing frequencies. Communication is not possible, sir. The shuttle is without power. Set course to intercept. Okay, so I have a tech question. Intercept in three minutes. Sir, go ahead. The shuttle doesn't have power, but it has a living human on it? Uh, Could just have life support going somehow. But that wouldn't be a description of no power, would it? No explanation of that, though. But you wouldn't say the shuttle doesn't have power, but it has life support without saying, but it has life support, would you? Right. Well, I think if you're Maurice Hurley, who doesn't care about such things. Right. He doesn't know the difference between a deflector and a shield. It's true. What is the difference between a deflector and a shield? Deflectors are on the ship so that when you're flying through space, you know, mm-hmm. it can deflect uh, space debris. Uh-huh. Tiny meteorites. Things, uh-huh. things of that nature. Uh-huh. And shields uh-huh. are there to protect against larger impacts. Interesting. You know that satellite dish on the front of the Enterprise? The original Are they in Enterprise? the same place? Or are they a deflector the, dish. They're on the exterior of the ship? Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. You, you, you talk like you're going to, like, gotcha. Like you have some information I don't have about deflectors. <laughs> I'm trying to catch you. <laughs> uh, act break would have been much better if it was Picard, right? What was the act break? That right there. Three minutes to intercept. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We're always fixing their act breaks. <laughs> it's very strange. It seems like that's the that would be one of the simplest things. 
Who's I wonder ed- if there was who's editing. That's the problem. Yeah, nobody's in editing. I wonder if there was a there was some kind of uh, requirement time wise of how long each act had to be in that. Maybe like a syndication rule that I don't know about. But if that's the case, then you know we're constantly looking for oh, what page are we on? You just got to move things around. You got to figure it out. That's true. Let's see. Magnify. We. That's what's happening when the shuttle's spinning. We. Prepare to lock on tractor beam. It's just floating out there. Target vehicle. There is we will so be much. Tractor beam range in two seconds. <laughs> what does he have to say? That? Automatic locking device. Alert shuttle bay two. I like tractor beam. I like shuttle in bay two alerts. Two seconds. By the time he finishes that sentence, we're in range. There is so much involved mm-hmm. processes to get that shuttle in in terms of tv time well i'll tell you what is interesting about it and yeah. i guess uh, you're looking at from the time data says two seconds to intercept or two seconds until we're in range of the tractor beam it then yeah. it then becomes two minutes two full minutes before we see the ship the shuttle and anyone looking at it in the bay right which i think is like part of it's like well check out our cool shuttle bay we built mm-hmm. check out the shuttle mm-hmm. but i will say that it almost seems like Riker got hit in the head before he showed up in the shuttle bay the way he puts it together that they're the sh- same shuttle yeah like it's very slow to here we go on the uptake. have a listen all right yet there are no federation bases or vessels in this area ncc 1701d uss enterprise shuttlecraft five first officer on board the USS Enterprise should probably be like, wait, what? But instead, he just looks over and says the following. NCC 1701D, USS Enterprise. Shuttlecraft 5. How is this possible? And we know how angry Worf gets when things are duplicated. Sure. Ah, there cannot be two shuttlecrafts. He should, he should pick up that shuttle and throw it out the shuttle bay. By the way, I also feel like, you know, all right, how can this be? Yeah, it's weird. But also, could someone not have just painted the same number on a shuttlecraft? Sure. <laughs> but then when they open the door. Yeah. Well, that's when the, the mystery really begins. And that's when the cold open should have ended. Captain. Yes, number one. Are you on the bridge? Where else would I be? So that is a little hint into how communication systems work on the Enterprise. And this is something I've always wondered. Yeah. He just said the word captain. And then a channel was opened to Captain Picard. Right. What if you're... Like in a turbo lift, and you go, the Captain's such a fucking prick today. 100%. Yes, number one. <laughs> like, it's just, there is no, I mean, you know, if you want a, you want a writer's solution of, uh, or he doesn't or, hit his or, thing, or, right? Or, he doesn't at all. Doesn't a retconning solution for this is that Picard asked for an open channel sure. when Riker went down to the shuttle bay. Right. So, maybe but 
as far as I can tell, <laughs> they, what actually happens is if you say the word captain, yeah. a channel is immediately opened to the bridge. Yeah. So if you're pissed off at the captain, it's all over for you. Yeah. You have to like take your comm badge and throw it and then say the captain is such a fucking prick. Yes, number one. How many times has Riker said? I'm sorry, I swore. I know people. You know who I'm in love with? The captain. <laughs> well, then, then I don't he think he, he heard right. it. Captain. Anything. Yeah, I blew it. I blew the joke. By the way. Um, although, he, although I have had it in my brain. I've had it that that the um, the enterprise communication system will buffer in whatever you just said. So that if you were to do that, it would just then page the captain and play the message for him i see and then your communication you're talking on a on a time lapse yeah although that didn't happen here he answered right away well right now i think you should be in shuttle bay too all right what is it this i think you should see for yourself bring commander data so you can tell the other picard is from the future because his makeup is weird. Sure. He's been through more. Anyway. Um, yes, sir. What, what do you want to say. talk let's about? Let's just get deeper tell me, into tell it. Tell me. What do you want to say? I, 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 let's get deeper into it and I'll talk about it. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's, let's see what uh, Picard has to say to Troy about such a thing. And, and Troy wasn't even... Was she even in this scene before now? Counselor. No. She just appears. I have never felt anything quite like this before, so it's difficult to put into words. That person is you. No. He is as much Jean-Luc Picard as the person I'm standing next to. Beyond that, there is very little I can be sure of. I will have to wait until he regains consciousness before knowing more. Data, I need to know what's on the shuttle's logs. Yes, sir. That should have just been an automatic thing he did, right? Right. Captain, both primary and reserve power has been drained from the shuttle. I'm going to have to connect to but the Enterprise support? in order to activate the shuttle's systems. Jordy, report to shuttle bay to immediately. I'm on my way. Kind of busy running engineer. All right. Yeah, I'll be there. He did the same thing. Jordy. He just said Jordy. Yeah. Looks like the damage caused by an antimatter explosion. Boy, that's a very specific looking damage then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's not. Just looks like soot. All right. So Picard's having trouble dealing with the fact that there's another him there. Sure is. He doesn't know why yet. He doesn't know that the ship has blown up and that he left and he was the only one to escape. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have so much to say, Andy. I feel like you're not saying anything. I guess I wanted to wait for uh, Picard to wake, the other Picard to wake up to start getting into it. And uh, and I, so, I think it is telling that he it takes so freaking long for him to wake up. Episode? So this is my main point. There was so much opportunity for Picard facing Picard and what would those conversations be and he's the smartest guy on the on the Enterprise in terms of experience and making the right command decisions 
So to have someone who had been through it, who's trying to do something, facing someone who has not yet done it, but they're the same guy, so interesting. Why would you make the decision, story-wise, to make one of them completely out of his mind and all of his faculties are completely hindered so he can't act like Picard? What's the point of having two Picards, then? I mean, it's I guess it's just for the main Picard to have to deal with the instance... I mean, it, it seems to be the story, to me, is about self-doubt. Sure. Um, and it's the captain dealing with that self-doubt. Mm. And how is this addressed as Captain Jean-Luc Picard who's the most you know uh, confident decisive yeah the most uh, the most competent yeah Starfleet officer that we know of uh-huh. uh, how is he going to deal with self-doubt someone who makes command decisions daily someone who is in charge of a crew of a thousand people I don't feel like flagship of the Federation. You're dealing with this person who has self doubt. That's what the story is about, right? Whether or not it's executed in a way that is satisfying after Maurice Hurley wrote this teleplay, I I cannot tell you the answer to that. I mean, I think the fact that I said to people, "You don't have to watch this episode," is very telling. Well, it certainly was conceptually. It's very cool, totally cool, and so much potential. And they don't. I find this to be a lot of the the episodes we're watching is they've finally gotten to the point unlike the first season where at least the concepts are like oh yeah that's cool let's see that and then they when, don't what, what year did the 1988 writer strike start i mean what month rather I'm, looking up. I'm very curious about that you know i was listening to ken levine's podcast hollywood and levine mm-hmm. and uh, he had david goodman on who's now the president of the wga and he was talking about how he got into the business during the 88 writer strike his uh he and his partner wrote a golden girls spec and it got submitted mm-hmm. during the writer's strike and since the showrunner had nothing to do but read mm-hmm. <laughs> he read the script and hired them all right it ran from march 7th to august 7th 1988 frankly that so doesn't that doesn't feel really like that would have affected this far into the season. well I mean, it does, though, right? It, it, if you think about... I guess they wouldn't if, have had a lot if you of think about our, If you think about our situation, we, yeah. we go back in May, and yeah. we start airing in September. Right. And if they're coming back in August... Yeah, I guess that's and true. ...and airing in September... Right. What a shit show. I guess that's true. So, I think that the writers... The, the season two writer strike is, is partially to blame for these kinds of things. I don't know. It's kind of unlocked or untapped potential. <sighs> Maybe. I guess so. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, yes. All right. You got to give them a little slack. But I still feel like you're still looking at the page. You're still following love, the story. The way, apologizing for something a writer did 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm making up excuses. <laughs> this is episode 13, by the way, though. Yeah. That's well, pretty far Well, if you think about it, though, we are now breaking... What did we just turn? What did we just? What are we tabling tomorrow? Thirteen, right? Yeah. And it's what is it? October. Yeah. So, what's your? They'd only been back for two months at this point. I don't know. I feel like you have enough time to write the ship by this point in the season. I disagree, Andy. I think you're too far behind, and that's why we're going to get that dumb, terrible clip show. I'm just starting a complete medical workup. Which I think right now, I don't know if we should even cover it. 
I guess we'll have to. Oh, st- Next Generation has a clip show? Yes. In this season. <laughs> oh, my God. I, didn't, I think we're talking about Goldbergs. There's a freaking clip show in Next Generation. We already had that terrible one where he was on trial, and it's like, hey, remember this two episodes ago? Yeah, it was boring. Why are we watching it again? What is it? Is it like Christmas? Others are fluctuating. No, it's Riker is having uh, some sort of uh, medical emergency. Some sort of virus is moving through his... And everybody remembers the good times they had with Riker? No, and all... Like, it's somehow the virus is stirring these memories up, but they can monitor the memories. Like, honest to God, it's an episode I've seen one time and never again. Sounds so unpleasant. Yeah, it's going to be rough. All right. It's coming, though. I wanted to warn you. I appreciate that. Wildly. I can't explain any of it. But he is alive. I mean, I like the The force field restraint effect. (laughs) I I would have no idea how to go about doing that in 1988. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. You know what I mean? No, I agree with that. Some some bad doubling in this episode. Although decent uh, um, composite images of uh, Picard and Picard. Picard. Think I've got it now. That ought to give you something. It's a lot of time just getting power into the freaking shuttle. By all rights, this connection should blow all the shuttle circuits. Perhaps you had better step out of the way. All right. But remember. You're not indestructible yourself, you know. Hmm. Increase the power. <sighs> Powering up. This is work they're doing on a dock shuttle. Two percent positive. Percent positive. The right decision, but it's having the opposite effect. Yes. I don't understand. I can't think of anything that would cause the circuit to change so radically. <laughs> you know, between commercial breaks, I was talking to Jason Isaacs of Discovery. He's the captain mm-hmm. of the Discovery mm-hmm. about Lavar. He's great. About by Lavar. the way, he's fantastic. Uh, I got to tell you, this is just side note. We're not going to get into it. No spoilers. I really like Discovery. <laughs> good i am so on board let me ask this do you watch after trek you know what i just love discovery it's just so <laughs> i get it i get it it's polar honestly my plan was to uh to listen to you on because you know it's a it's mostly an interview sort of situation i don't know whatever on uh, on my drive to work oh listen to cbs all access is i can't trek. i can't look at ways and also oh that's, a, yeah, that's so. a problem so yeah. i'm gonna have to sit down and actually watch uh fully. i'll tell you when it's you know interesting but last week's episode was really good we had uh two of the showrunners aaron and gretchen right and we had uh, doug jones and jason isaacs oh nice doug jones is great now too really good acting all around Doug jones is great in this episode and that, that's the other thing they have that char- you know what the thing is and i'm curious we're doing it we're doing we it. we're talking about I it now all right let me just give you a broad strokes question go you it like that character is kind of snarky and like messed up and and the and the captain is a little bit dark and what's going yeah. on with him there's all this stuff that's the stuff that i really want out of trek um how do you how do you feel about that as a 
as a Trek fan. Uh, like because the thing that bothered me, bumped me about Next Generation, that I feel like they're course correcting as time goes on and finding subtler nuances in the characters, is that Next Generation, all the characters did seem kind of flat and like not to have enough flaws for us to really invest in them. I think you're dealing with a situation where the characters are written as real individuals in Discovery. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in the other Star Trek, it's all written as like parts of a whole. Right. Like right. parts of a They're group. like a team. But I, what I find interesting about Discovery is the fact that we don't really deal with the helmsman or ops mm-hmm. or the security or really anybody on the bridge besides Lorca and Saru. Mm-hmm. Then when we go down to Paul Stamets, Anthony Rapp's character, mm-hmm. he's not even the chief engineer. Right. He's just a scientist. Right. So that part is interesting for me to try to wrap my brain around. That it's so atypical to it's next so generation. It's so atypical to yeah. next gen. But I will say that the last the episode that just aired for everybody listening to this Sunday or today if you download it very quickly. Um I found it to be my most Star Trek like yet. Mm-hmm. So, be interesting. And also, a lot of people have compared it to the. There's a lot of deep. There's, there seems to be a deep divide in the uh, in the emails and, and takes we're getting between people who are sort of saying they love Discovery or like I don't like Discovery because it's not like Orville is more like old Trek. It is, and to me, Orville is like you know it's it's got a lot of great stuff in it, but. It's like a. It's Orville, the same as Orville, like. Well, I think Orville's a redundancy. Two. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. It's like a redundancy. Right. Thing. Whereas, Whereas this really is really like a digging new, in, and it's a, a reinvention form of Trek, and it's probably closer to what I would want. It's really it to interesting. Be. I'm I'm really looking forward to this stuff, especially I'm, the episode Jonathan Frakes directed. I'm looking forward to that. I'm totally on board. Also, I think Frakes did an Orville. Also, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. We tried to get him to do our Trek Wars episode. Matt was at the forefront of that. No, it just fell on deaf ears. <laughs> Yes. It wasn't a lot of trying. It was uh, I just kept bringing it up. There might have been. Adjust the inverter 2% negative. <laughs> God, we're back in the scene. <laughs> 2% negative. It's working. That's it. It shouldn't work, but it does. Hey, Data. Hey, look at the start date. 42679.5 Captain Go ahead Captain we've been able to reactivate the shuttle and the onboard clock indicates that the shuttle is 6 hours in front of us Captain do you read me If the shuttle is from 6 hours into the future then so is the other Captain Picard <laughs> Boom the most interesting thing in this episode to me is uh, Patrick Stewart's be. performance because uh, that's the thing that suggests what's going on inside him, and it should have been in the fucking dialogue. I didn't mean to cuss. Sorry, guys. We're we're bad at this right now. I mean, I swore on the first episode of After Trek, so that's on me. That's true. Um. Okay. So, how many viewers do you think you lost on that one? Just from, <laughs> just from my fucking just there we go again just from my face I'm saying <laughs> people really don't like me. oh that's not <laughs> true don't be so down on yourself log, which will not be recorded for several hours captain we've retrieved all we're going to get out of the shuttle logs including the last visual records everything before that is just a jumble 
Show me. Oops, wrong clip. The distortion is because we had to use a phase inverter to retrieve the logs. The quality will improve slightly. <laughs> Strange conversation. Yeah, what a weird <laughs> thing to say. You'd think there'd be a reaction shot of Riker. Oh, there it is. That's me. I'm in the future. I like this. Uh-oh. According to the shuttle log, the Enterprise was destroyed three hours, 19 minutes from now. Have we seen this Captain, plot on Next Gen yet? Where would they see another Enterprise a ver- version of them destroyed? No, we have seen Galaxy-class starships destroyed, though. I think that's pretty cool, Captain then. I have just witnessed the total destruction of the USS Enterprise with a loss of all hands. Say one. Me. All attempts to obtain further information from the shuttle have failed. Well, at least now we have something to go on. I just don't understand how you could have ended up in a shuttlecraft while the Enterprise was being destroyed. I like that this is a major part of the conversation. The last thing you would do is leave the bridge of the Enterprise during an emergency. Yes. All right. Let's... I mean, he's also playing it like, oh, shit, they found out that the first thing I'm going to do is leave. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Like, he's playing it like... Yes, of course. I mean, I would... No, I would never... I would never if I thought everyone was going to die. ship in an emergency, and I would never ask that we prepare a shuttle right now just for funsies. You know what? I'm just going to go down and check out the shuttle I'm just going to make sure it's got power and Mm, stuff. Um... I might do a little investigation in the vicinity in that shuttle. Uh, listen, I'm just going <laughs> to chill out. And uh, Riker, uh, why don't you pop down in about three hours and 18 minutes? <laughs> but um, nonetheless, I love the, uh, I like that they're, I, I think this scene is creepy. Now they're back on track in terms of the plot that the, there's watching their enterprise destroyed. And I th- feel like they're playing it. I mean, really the last act was, what do we have to figure out in the last act? That, the invert power, the the, uh, the shellcraft and the other Picard are dealt with in opposite ways. Right. You know, instead of a sedative, she does a stimulant or whatever, you know, vice versa. Uh-huh. Um, and then similarly here with the shellcraft, the power needs to be inverted. Those are the only, that's all we find out in that act. Right. Such. So slow. Such, such slow storytelling. Um, nonetheless, the, I, th- I like now that we're we're creeped out because we've seen the Enterprise be destroyed. And what I like is that they're really playing it real with Picard and everyone's reactions of just like, what the f? We're all we're all going to die. Also, you could have cut that scene with the shuttlecraft. You could have jumped right into this, and you could have had LaForge say something to the effect of, uh, "At first, we couldn't power the ship." Then we realize oh, it takes oh, oh, that's such a good invert, fix. Uh, definitely. Inversion of power. And these are the logs we recovered. Yeah. Done. Yeah. You don't need to have that whole scene. It's like that. All that does is like there's, that they're trying to add forward. more of a mystery of like, ooh, all the power is inverted. That's the way to, it's like, who cares? Love to read the outline of this before. 
proceed before Hurley got to it. We have just yeah. seen everyone fairly blaming him. And that in less than four hours from now, the Enterprise will be destroyed. And somehow, although this is unfathomable, I and I alone escape discussion. Our destination is the Endicore system. We're due to arrive in three days. The charts show nothing of consequence, certainly nothing to threaten the Enterprise between here and there. Sensors indicated no other vessels, Federation or otherwise, in this area. Data. I have nothing to offer. There is not enough information upon which to base an hypothesis. Oh, that makes an interesting scene. Well, the scene. shuttle apparently came from somewhere up ahead, so rather than continuing on this course, maybe we should stop here and let whatever it is out there come to us. We may already be too late. What are you saying? That stopping, turning right or left, even reversing our course would be pointless? When we brought the shuttle and the other Picard on board, we committed to a sequence of events which may be unalterable. Yes, this is not some rock on the trail which, once seen, can easily be avoided. This is much more complex. There is the theory of the Mobius. Ooh. A twist in the fabric of space where time becomes a loop from which there is no escape. I feel like when we... that line was just to give Worf something to say because it's a little out of character. It is He'd very out of character, but I liked it. Oh, I like it very much. I liked I... Worf. No, I liked Worf coming up with that. Oh, you like yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough. I thought it was uh, another dimension of uh, Mr. Worf we haven't seen. <laughs> Worf, son of Moog. Fair enough. The... um. I was uh, wondering if uh, maybe they altered Tracy Torme's script, because this was Hurley's script, his Royale script, which was supposed to be a hell-like repetition of events, which I think they describe it as. Oh, because they were doing this. Because they were doing this, and Hurley's like, no, I want to I wanna talk about how it's a hell-like repetition of events. I don't want it to be in his, even though that makes that episode more interesting. Much more interesting, actually. Oh, things that would make these interesting. Let's think about it. <laughs> I mean, so she go, he goes down, he goes back down to sickbay. It still can't communicate. The other Picard still can't communicate. Mm-hmm. And that is another, oh, I don't know, four minutes from there. Yeah. And still nothing new. What, what time is that? 21 we're now at uh, 2450 all right one thing i'll say i like that picard is shaken i think i really think that that's played well i think it's really interesting to see him like like he doesn't doubt himself in any situation except if he is told your decisions in the future will be wrong yeah and then it's like well what do you do so that's fascinating Sorry. <laughs> Matt is yawning at his own podcast. No, I do it at all of them. Do you? Oh, uh, yeah. Lately, sure. Yeah, he's... All right, I'm not going to... Anyway. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. We are back, and this sh- episode is chugging along. Yes, Doctor. Captain, my patient is more coherent. I'm on my way. You have the bridge, number one. This perfectly encapsulates this episode. The patient is more coherent. Can he talk? <laughs> no. Almost. <laughs> He's looking around a little bit more insistently in confusion. He seems His more confused than more ever. Normal, which is to say more like ours. He is calmer. He's aware of me. 
Perhaps, in some fashion. But he knows where he is. Who's here with him? I doubt it. Then what am I doing here? I'm going back to the bridge. <laughs> Let me know when there's some plot movement. <laughs> you said you wanted to come down when he was almost able to talk to you. <laughs> and then it, the scene ends with this. He'll be able to communicate with you before anyone else. <laughs> to Troy. Yeah. Stay here. I don't know how long anyone could take this kind of anxiety state. There has to be a breaking point. I think he's handling it very well. He has a lot of anger. Yes, because of what he represents. And what is that? Doubt. He's afraid that seeing him here and knowing what happened to the Enterprise will make him timid, or worse, make him hesitate. Part of my job is to anticipate problems. My duty is to the captain, but first to the ship and its crew. This is crazy, Tom. Doctor, the captain is quite capable of making command decisions. Yes, for now. But this situation has put him under extreme pressure of a unique and very personal kind. We both know that pressure will only increase. You said yourself that he already has doubt, which is understandable and healthy and could be potentially paralyzing. We begin to see signs that he's acting in a irrational manner. I have the authority and the duty to relieve him. So long and stupid. <laughs> I just hate everything I think here. That will be necessary. I hope you're right. Usually in a scene, you got two people, and uh-huh. what makes it interesting drama is if they both have legitimate perspectives. By the way, what does Troy do? Leaves. Captain ordered her to stay with <laughs> the captain true. because you'll be able to communicate with him first. I am so upset. I have to get out of here. <laughs> but Troy, I don't want to hear it. Um, Pulaski, you know, everybody, there's a lot of claptrap. The, the general take on her, everybody hates her. I've been totally on board with Pulaski up till yeah, now. I feel uh, like she's been completely... Yeah competent this scene is just bonkers he like but like picard seems upset that the enterprise is about to be destroyed and his future version of him made the wrong decision and that's a reason to fucking relieve him of command it's crazy it's so everything that troy says in that in that scene and she says it in a totally reasonable way is like yeah. well i'm just saying that that doesn't make sense because this take is re- reasonable and Pulaski, everything Pulaski says is insane it's really some of the i don't know i mean it's a scene lit that's something uh-huh that's all we get out of this episode is scene lits it's like a 31 45 when you're what force or Phenomena could cause the shuttle to be thrown back in time. None that we've encountered. In theory, accelerating beyond warp 10. Using the gravitational pull of a star to slingshot back in time. Is that what happened here? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's in reference to Star Trek 4. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they do that in TOS, too. A couple of times. At least the once. The shuttle doesn't have warp capability. No. So some external force was needed. We've never encountered a natural force that powerful. Why only six hours? Why not a day? 
or a year. That's the other thing, too, that's never explained in this episode is why the ship time-traveled. Nothing is explained in this episode. It's so strange. Nothing. It spends so much time on the mystery, and then there's no answer, and then the idea is sort of like, some mysteries are not meant to be solved. And it's like, yeah, but if you're a TV writer, you have to put something interesting in place of an unsolved mystery. Speaking of unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Nothing. I just wanted I just to mention wanted to see Robert's next Unsolved Mysteries. I did realize that I said it accidentally. It's time. This is, I think, the You're saying I should just sit down, shut up, and wait. Well, I wouldn't have put it exactly like that. And I wouldn't have written it like that. Not something I do easily. A Persian flaw. Why is it a Persian flaw? Is that a phrase? Listen, this is the guy that brought us the train pulls in everybody rides <laughs> i hope our friend in houston doesn't attack us for this for not knowing so persian flaw is it just a, like a, a persian flaw, flaw on, a, to, on a beautiful rug was a flaw oh i see i remember this now it was a flaw intentionally introduced by persian artisans of earth to signify that the man was inherently flawed yeah there you go i don't know what has that apply to him here well, he's the captain. He should have no flaws. I see. And that's why Riker's saying it's your Persian flaw. And everything else about you is perfect. Look at my smile. Ricard. Captain to the bridge. Nah, I'm good, Worf. <laughs> captain, you should go. All Before right. I come up there, is there really a reason for me to be up there? I know we just <laughs> shook, but I'm on my couch. Oh, oh, all right. I'll be right there. Report. This energy vortex has just appeared beneath us. It's pretty big. There was no warning. Well, at least the waiting's over. For all of us. Is it, though? (laughs) (laughs) Captain's log supplemental. We have apparently intersected with... Something. <laughs> that was the clip it's that I wanted. To our tractor beam, so only much more that was the dumbest captain's log I've ever heard. <laughs> he doesn't even sort of say we've inter we've, we've intersected with an anomaly, and the problem is that I can't make the right decision because it may end. It's just we've intersected with something, or even a could this be what caused the other me to wind up here? <laughs> right. It could be that. <laughs> could be. You know, even something like uh, my officers are investigating anything. The voiceover room was really lying down on their job that week. Bridge, this is Lieutenant LaForge. Bridge, the pull on the Enterprise is steady. I'm having to hold the warp engines at thirty percent in order to maintain our present position. Transfer engineering control to the bridge. On my way, Captain. Captain, there is a consciousness here, not thought, more like instinct. What do you think, Number One? She's probably right. She's kind of psychic. Beam is coming from the center of the vortex. <laughs> did, wait, did Riker also just say, "I don't know what to think"? Energy. No, he said we could send a probe. No, he sent a probe. Oh, good friend. Is it trying to learn? I think it's trying to determine if we are a life force. We'll stay and investigate. Agreed. Unless that was the mistake. <laughs> Staying too long. Possibly. We should go now. 
Well, that would be the prudent move. I never thought I'd hear myself saying something like that. Under the circumstances, sir, I think you're right. But you would rather stay and find out what it is. What is its intent? Hey guys, did, did I interrupt something? <laughs> sir. It took him a long time to get up there. Maximum Aye, sir. Probably had to tell uh, all, everybody to nine. do something. Uh-huh. Engage. Seems real loud. You know, I would think that warp... Warp engines are at 91%. Put it to the wall, Miss LaForge. Aye, sir. I love that. I want to put it to the wall. Shouldn't it be to the floor? Oh, good question. I liked it because it sort of seemed like a, a thing, a, a phrase that I didn't know. <laughs> Did they just mean put it to the floor? I mean, you know, ideally, I assume is that he's what you would do about with, engine? Like, is that what you would do with floor? It push it to the wall is one. Let's see what push it to the wall means to force someone into a position where there was only one choice to make. All right, well, then that's not what it is. And now type put it to the floor. Well, put it to the floor, I know. Put it to on your wall. <laughs> There's no put it to the... Put, put it, it on your wall, Mr. LaForge. What? Like, hang it on... What are you talking about, Captain? Put it to the sky. Put it to the floor. Put it to the floor. Sure. That is the thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Rapidly accelerate. Um... <laughs> Why? Is that what they meant? That's that's exactly what they meant. What the F? Did they write this episode in like 10 minutes? <laughs> I, uh, well, what if they, they don't have gas pedals? So uh, you put it on... Uh, the, you got to think in four dimensions. The controls are on the wall. They're on the wall, so you'd hit the button. You wouldn't... You It's not your, 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 your feet. You're not stepping on nothing. <laughs> put it to the wall, Mr. LaForge. I'm sorry, Captain. What? Wait, what do you mean? Just before I, I assume you mean I don't accelerate, understand. <laughs> <What>? sir. <laughs> I can't hold it, Captain. The engines can't handle the strain. Oh, stop. Engaging warp engines, Captain. It's a loud engine. I'm hearing that it's super loud. Is that something that's going to disturb our listeners? It'll all be pretty level. Um, I don't know where he says it, but another one is like a rag in a dog's mouth that Riker says. Do you know where that happens? Is that I think it's right here. Captain, the power drain needed to hold this position is enormous. How long can you maintain it? Just a few minutes, and then we're going to have to shut down again. Captain, some kind of energy just surrounded my patient. Is he alive? Yes. Arm the photons, Mr. Worf. Lock on the center of the vortex. Photon torpedoes locked on target. Hold for my order. It's like a rag in a dog's mouth. So he means like a dog with a bone, right? Because the thing's not letting go of them? 
No, I think like a rag the way he's being thrown around. I see. That I think will work. Okay. I'll allow that. Fair I think enough. Maurice Hurley probably had a dog. I, I know what it looks like. I'm now like. at maximum warp. It's you, Captain. It was the entire ship, but now it has focused its attention entirely on you. My dog's name is Procedural. Captain, Do you know where you are? The Enterprise. Yes, but you're only vaguely aware of it. And me. Do you know who I am? And then I want him to not say anything for long stretches of time. So it's like he's having a conversation with himself, except he's not. He's just talking to the wall. (laughs) Which he wants Geordi to push it to. No, release him. Security to sick bay. No. Security disregard that order. And clear all right. personnel. Repeat. All personnel from shuttle bay 2. I was going to clean down there, Captain. You sure? I don't want any distractions. You, stay here. Can you follow that order this time? <laughs> you made a decision to leave the ship. I must. Why? The energy in the vortex wants me. You're certain? Yes. It's an entity. A life form which recognizes the Enterprise as an entity with me as its brain. And it wants me. Shuttle Bay 2. What's your other option? So far I haven't seen a real problem with the double. This is our only chance. No, really good double work. Oh, the, there was. It's mostly when he's lying down. Yeah. Be distracted long enough for the Enterprise to escape. You're wrong. You leave, the Enterprise will be destroyed. Don't you remember? You saw it happen. If I don't leave the ship, then the Enterprise will be destroyed. If that's true, then help me. We want the same thing. We both want the Enterprise to be safe. But there is a piece of information I don't have. What is it? It's me. You. Captain. Yes. We're about to lose warp drive. Understood. Understood. What does that mean, it's me? Is that ever explained? No. When you say it wants you, you mean it's still you. Only you, and it's not me. You're confusing me. We're almost out of time. Let's get to the shuttle. Wait. You can. I'll let you. But first, tell me, what is, what was your other choice? Stand aside. You must tell me, what was it? You know, they say, uh, Mm. improv. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to ask a lot of questions, sure, because it uh, it puts the responsibility on the other person to uh, come up with stuff instead of adding information uh-huh. that would be inf- interesting. And here we have a scene where one person is asking questions, the other person isn't even answering them. <laughs> it's the worst scene ever. Boy, I don't know what I'm talking about. They're locked into a single intent, unable to change. Unable to alter any of your previous actions. I have believed there's no other way. There must be one. But it would never work. 
What is it? What would never work? I have to leave. What was the other choice? We can't fight. We can't escape. We can't go forward. No, no. We can't go forward. That would destroy the Enterprise. Is that it? Was that the other choice? I must leave. No. Captain Picard! I cannot allow you to leave. Before we can go forward, the cycle must end. How does he know that? What sparked on him? Oh, is that not the way a phaser works? I mean, I just don't understand what would cause a spark. I thought when you turn it up to kill, it does a little bit more like does flash. He, and doesn't he stun him though? No, I but assume he, he kills him. Uh, I mean, I kill, kill he'll him. vaporize. Oh, is that the way it always works? Yeah. Oh well, then that's weird. I assumed he was intending to kill him, which is why I was confused. Like, why is the cycle must end? Well, I think he's in a or situation just, where he thinks they're going to die regardless, so he doesn't. He's trying anything at this point, right? It's this is. It's just. I, I maybe I'm wrong. I feel like this is bad writing from top to bottom. It's a scene with one person asking a bunch of questions to the other person who is saying nothing. Right. None. None of the questions even have an advancement from question to question. It's like the same question over and over again. So that's another bad thing. Then they have him him decide the cycle must end. Why? What happened? He's he's making an are arbitrary we, decision. Are we supposed to be like? thinking that the cycle must end because it's he's just trying anything and that's all he can try right now but he says it with surety i think he's and, made up his mind and he does something that to me is very like if the, think if this had been a double of Riker, anybody else on the crew, yeah. he never would have killed them. It's only because he's killing another version of himself that he feels justified, or it seems sure. in the audi- mind of the audience, it's like, oh, it's okay, he's killing himself. But why? As far as you know, that's another person. Right. So well, it is. It is a line. What is the, what is the Catholic take on this, uh, Matt? He's killing himself. Well, if the Catholic Church doesn't like masturbation, they sure as hell aren't going to like killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Literally killing yourself. Yeah. Anyway, I'm totally frustrated. Us too, Andy. And so too is the audience. Isn't this basically murder? By the way, I love... Didn't Captain Picard just murder someone? Yes, he did. (laughs) I love that uh, O'Brien just has to... (laughs) His only job is to stand there and watch. I am super weirded out right now. It only weakens us. Helm, set a course for the center of the vortex. Mr. LaForge, on my command. I want all the power you can muster. Yes, sir. Put it to the wall. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it, Captain. Now, everyone hold the position. No matter what. Engage. Engage. Here's another thing. It's just like, why? Why is this the answer? No reason. Literally no reason. Other than 
the other Picard didn't do this. <laughs> I love this. I love. I love this <laughs> shot of O'Brien. Just confused, O'Brien. So then they do a little Back to the Future thing where the shuttle and Picard disappears. Right. But then that would suggest the that the timeline had been changed. The other Picard and the shuttle are gone. Explain. <laughs> they just vanished. What's our position? We are back on course to Endicor. Stand down from red alert. Oh, and uh, Captain I used most of our energy. We have no, no power no left. <laughs> you have the bridge, number one. Don't follow me in a moment. I'm giving you the bridge. Don't just pass it to Data. Data, don't just pass it to LaForge. LaForge, don't just pass it to Worf. Oh, here comes Riker. <laughs> is this the ready room? What is no, this? It's the observation Conference. lounge. Observation lounge. Very dim light in the observation lounge. Oh, you want to see the uh, expansive space? Hmm. Be a nice place to take a date. Ten forward, same view. A lot of questions, damn few answers. Maybe none of it was real. Part of a shared illusion. Why? Why would you think that? Or maybe he was thrown back in time so that we would be able to take another road, make make a different choice. Well, they say if you travel far enough, you will eventually meet yourself. Having experienced that, number one, it's not something I would care to repeat. Great landing point. I'll be on the bridge, sir. Yeah, don't talk about it anymore, whatever you do. I've gotten angrier and angrier as we've gone through this episode. Maybe it was Q. Maybe Q sent that back, sent the other Picard back in time because he was not finished with Picard yet. I got to tell you, Matthew, and this should give you an idea of how frustrating I found this episode. Q would have been a dream. <laughs> I would have loved to have Q in this episode going, now this is what's going on next. Yeah. I'm doing this next. Will Ha-ha. you figure it out? It would have given some explanation. I, I, you know what? I disliked this episode at the beginning, and now I dislike it three times as much well then in that case andy it's time for us to do a little something we call mvc you're right pal it sure is time for that well <laughs> he almost had it ready <laughs> almost and he didn't have it ready oh there it is It's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? Gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. Boy, that has turned out to be really true at the end of that song. I really thought we would be more in the clear by this point. Uh, you know what's weird is the... Season two also takes a dip here. Uh-huh. It's going to start to dip again. But dip more than this? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. So. All right. What uh, do we got? Uh, Picard, he succeeded in saving the ship. People by really being, hate us giving Picard the MVC. He, uh, he did uh, save everyone by murdering someone. Yep, yeah, yeah, he sure did. He did. He, I mean, he had a, certainly an active role. 
And then he turned the ship around for no apparent reason and shot it into a thing that has not been explained. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have that. Um, uh, we could give it to Pulaski. She uh, she tried to <laughs> leave him on command for no reason. <laughs> um, did Troy do something useful? I mean, she was kind of... She was more useful than usual, but she yeah. didn't really take a part in the saving of the ship. <laughs> I gotta give it to Picard again. He broke the cycle. Are you are you weaning on your perspective? I don't know. If, I don't think I'm using weaning correctly. Are you waning? Waning. That's what I mean. On your perspective, that we should have Picard included in the MVCs. Um, I mean, I think it's an interesting point that it is the crew member. It's the most valuable crew member. But really, we mean most valuable. Yeah, we really mean cast member. Cast member. That's what the C stands for. Although we don't give it to the the outside cast. That's true. Whatever the case, um, let's see. I guess data and Jordy are. No one does anything. It's Picard. The end of story. This episode's so frustrating. Yeah, that it's that um, the end. Yeah, I can't. It's Picard with you. Okay. Um, Time to give this a rating. This is a tough one. Because I was thinking, like, I would give it about a three, because at least it has, you know, the the setup is interesting. And there's sure, there's some interesting stuff happening. A lot of, uh, no, I, I, fuck it. I, I, 1.5 for me. Yeah. I Done. 1.5. I screw this episode. We're so angry at this episode. <laughs> it really made me angry by uh, the end. <laughs> all right, guys. It's time to see, or rather hear, what we're going to be watching next week. The episode is The Icarus Factor. So let's view the trailer. Thanks to Trek Corps for having the trailers. Next time on Star Trek, the next generation. Today, I am a warrior. Lieutenant Worf takes part in a savage Klingon ritual. <laughs> Commander Riker faces a vicious feud with his father. We could clear the air once and for all. You're on. Each one confronts a do-or-die test of courage. <laughs> this fight is all that? we have left. On Star Trek, the next generation. Oh my god, I am so excited for this episode now. Those are the stupidest costumes I've ever seen. There you go. Um, I hope you're ready, everybody. I think we just rated Times Square half a point lower than the Royale. Well, that's because the Royale is at least entertaining to watch. Right. And they do execute the premise a little bit better. uh Well, a lot better. And it's fun in its badness, whereas this was just a promising premise that... You know what what it is? Now we're hitting a point where we have to judge on the basis of the raised bar. Yeah. So it's like you... It, you showed that you could come up with a good premise. Right. And then you failed in every way to deliver on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Well, that's where we stand. Um, so, in regards to next week's episode, we may or may not have an episode next week. Uh, I have... Uh, we have a lot of scheduling issues. A lot of scheduling issues. I had a death in the family and have to go to Boston in the middle of the week next week, which is usually when we record... Um, but uh, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna Brain try. everyone down at the end. Man. We're gonna try. Uh, listen, I got a lot of podcast people. I need to maybe figure out if I need to disappoint them or not. My condolences to the Myra family. Thank you. Um, 
Other than that, <laughs> so weird way to end. Should we cut this out? I oh. don't know. I just want them to know that, like, if we don't get them an episode, there's a decent reason. Yeah. So we're still going to do everything we can. There was even talk that maybe I would, I would fly to New York for the weekend. But uh, but you're also recording Dory. I'm going to have to yeah. Dory on the weekend. So who knows? Again, because of the funeral, I'm going to have to record. It's a lot of a lot of stuff. A lot anyway, of things happening. Thank you for joining us this week. My schedule has no margin for error. No, and and this going to Boston for a day and a half is a huge margin for error. I guess you're just going to have to bring me it's on after error. Trek, and uh, we'll just have a discussion in the middle of after Trek. Great, we'll just <laughs> okay, guys. We're talking about <laughs> Times Squared. No, sorry, we're talking about the Icarus Factor, <laughs> season two, episode fourteen of Next Generation. And uh, my guest today is Andy Secunda. Hi, folks. <laughs> Andy, uh, <laughs> what did you think of the episode? <laughs> really excited to see see it? Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, and uh, I love the uh, the Tron outfits. <laughs> sure, yeah, the Tron outfits were good. I can't wait to see what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, it looks like, you know, we never see Parisi squares, but that's as close as I think Also, you know what that tells me? That that is the most exciting moment in the show <laughs> because it's in the trailer. <laughs> well, it's either Worf getting hit by pain sticks uh-huh. or... Yeah, that part looks interesting. I'm or, excited about that. Uh, uh, or Riker and his dad playing American Gladiators. <laughs> Ugh, I'm, I'm out of here. I really wish you'd taken me with him this time. Uh, where's uh, hey Jordy? Uh, uh, put it to the wall, Jordy. Disengage.